0: Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the channel. What's up? And the podcast. How's ears doing? I'm Sal Vetri. We're going to break down a three-game Saturday. This is a fun one. Three-game NFL Saturday slate starting at 1 p.m. going all through the day. Honestly, this is really fun. We only get one of these Saturday slates this year. Usually, I think we get two. Some years we might have had three. I think it's just usually two. But this year, we just get one of them. Not sure if it's a conflict of scheduling with the college football bowl season, if there's something to do with that this year. But either way, we get a nice three-game slate. Uh, and, and some some really quality games, I would say. They're all fun from fantasy perspectives, I would say, and then real-life implications on them as well. So welcome if you're new to the channel. Hit that subscribe button. My name is Sal Vetri I cover content in Daily Fantasy Sports and make content, produce it independently as an independent content creator here every single day in a bunch of different avenues, not just NFL. You can check out my NBA content, golf content coming as well. Thank you so much. Sometimes people say I talk Fastly, so if you're somebody who thinks I do talk quick, you can slow the video down in the bot- bottom right hand corner of the screen. So you can check that out. You can also check out my exclusive content over on Patreon. Be sure to hit that up, that is linked up down below, as well as my social medias. I do want to say that today the video is sponsored by Fantasy Draft. And man, man, been talking, discussing with Fantasy Draft as of late there's some cool people over there let me tell you right now so fantasy draft they're revolutionized revolutionizing the way that you play daily fantasy sports they're getting rid of rake right instead of paying 15 percent rake and what that is is just management fees draft DraftKings kings taking skimming it off the top of each of those contests you're paying maybe a half a percentage by a a five dollar a month whatever your subscription fee might be on fantasy draft depending on what you pick either way it's not a crazy percentage might be one percent rake comparison. So why would you go and take out a fifteen percent interest rate loan when you can take out one percent? I know the implications aren't the same, but it's relatively the same. But the big thing that is you go over there, you're saving a ton of money. One. But two, they gave us a free roll. They gave us a free roll for this Saturday slate. I'm going to drop the link down below. It is free to enter. There are going to be, I don't know, last time there was like twenty five winners of a free ticket to their NBA Christmas contest is what this one is going to be. It's free to enter. totally free if you're already playing on fantasy draft be sure to just get in there if not hit the link down below into that contest i'm going to link it to twitter because i see people in the industry linking to different sites or or getting their youtube accounts banned and i don't want that to happen so i'll link it down below to twitter twitter to the link for the post be sure to get in there i'm saying it right now get into that contest i'll say it again throughout the week i'll post on twitter and instagram as well but thank you that was a lot a lot to unpack there but fantasy draft appreciate you all sponsoring my channel continuing to believe in me as an independent content creator let's get that goddamn thing filled on saturday also we won on sunday as well i'll link them both up down below. So, thank you Fantasy Draft. Let's get into this video. Look, it's a three game slate. I don't want to get cute with it. There's one game that's standing out above the rest. Houston and Tampa Bay. And I know the ownership's going to be there. And I know everybody wants to play it. You get an edge by playing the first game because there's just better players in it. It has the highest total on the slate by four and a half points. This Houston and Tampa game, the Rams, San Fran, 45 and a half. Houston and Tampa, 50. And then goddamn the divisional game against Buffalo and New England. New England, if they lose, Baltimore would clinch the number one seed, see if they end up resting any players on Sunday. 38.5 implied total. That game in New England, just gross game. But this first one I don't want to get away from it it's a great total it's a three-point spread the game should be good yes Tampa Bay is dealing with a lot of injuries at wide receiver likely to not have Chris Goblin just put Scotty Miller their wide receiver four you can call him on IR they don't have Mike Evans so they're down to Perriman they're down to Justin Watson a guy's name that I don't even remember that we'll see when we're on the wide receivers page I believe flat minimum price point or close to it so yeah I like this so Deshaun Watson at 7000 the most expensive quarterback on the slate. I'm fine getting there. There are so many. All the running backs are cheap this week. There's no elite guys in the slate. There are so many cheap wide receivers. And you can do whatever you want at tight end, in my opinion, at any price range, that I'm fine paying all the way up for Deshaun Watson. He's by far in the best spot. Tampa Bay ranks 18th against the pass. They've slowly improved, but still not great overall. No superstar talents. They're 18th in pass rush, which if you're not one of the top teams in pass rush against Deshaun Watson, a bad offensive line for Houston. But man, this guy's going to make you pay in the ground. I love it. It's a spot where Tampa Bay gives up the most points on this slate. I believe they give up the most points only second to the Cardinals in the league at 25.9 per game to the quarterback position. Give me Deshaun Watson here. The offensive line issues for Deshaun Watson should not be that evident in this game, as they usually aren't because he hides them with his mobility. But he's my favorite play on the slate of quarterback. Winston Jameis would be my second favorite, but he's $100 less, and he doesn't have his top weapons, right? He's going to have O.J. Howard out there as his most reliable weapon that he knows and trusts. Yes, I know Brashawn Perriman had a good game last week, three touchdowns. But he did not have a ton of targets. He's still going to be a bubble screen and, and deep threat guy for the most part. Justin Watson, not a lot of chemistry with Winston in the regular season. Watson had more chemistry with Ryan Griffin, the backup quarterback, or the preseason, I should say. Um, you're going to have other guys out there. Cameron Brate, there was a story that Jameis Winston went up to O.J. Howard and Cam Braid and said, you guys are going to get the rock this week once he found out that e- or Goblin was unlikely to play and Scotty Miller was put on the IR. So... Winston is still fine to get to, a 23.5 implied team total, where they are a three-point underdog, so it should be a spot where Winston's going to throw 40-plus time. Maybe you see uh, DeRay Ogunbowale or Dar, De, DeRay, I don't know. Uh, there's a bunch of different ways t- people tell me to pronounce it. Ogamboale, uh, the third string, or one of the three running backs for Tampa Bay, get more involved in the passing game. Winston, though, for $100 less than Watson. Prefer Watson. Winston does have that mobile upside. Um, he's getting around 20-plus yards per game in the ground. Watson's just getting more. So, yeah, I don't care what the ownership numbers are. Unless Watson, for some reason, is 70% owned, then I'll start to move. Otherwise, I'm just fine getting to Watson in all formats than Winston. Jared Goff on the road against uh, San Fran, which they're not going to have D. Ford. He's injured, but they should have Richard Sherman back this week. We'll track the status of Kwan Williams throughout the week. He should be back their slot cornerback. It's a terrible spot for Jared Goff. Last time at home against San Fran, he just got destroyed. I think he threw for like 87 yards or something crazy. He was terrible. I don't expect much different to happen here. You have a top four pass rush in the entire league going up against Jared Goff on the road where he has not looked good, where Cooper Cup has not looked that great in the slot, fully healthy. Uh, Brandon Cooks has not looked great either. He'll probably get Richard Sherman. Cooks primarily plays on the left side of the field where Sherman plays. Again, Sherman is likely to uh, return in this one. Six-and-a-half-point underdogs on the road. You're likely to see more blitz packages for Jared Goff, which, again, one of the worst quarterbacks in the league under pressure. It is the fastest pace game on the slate, but for Goff, I have no interest. Jimmy G would be the only other quarterback on the slate I have interest in. Honestly, I might just go all my exposure to Watson and Winston, it's the early game. You can adjust from there and late swap on sites like DraftKings and I believe FanDuel as well, still in the NFL. Uh, but Jimmy G at 5,500. He does get the Rams. They're a top five defense, second in pressure, top five against the run. I believe top five secondary, although Dak was pretty well against him the first half last week. Overall, that offensive line for Dallas neutralized the game. But you're not going to get the same. Um, you're not going to get that same type of Uh, offensive line here from San Fran they've been dealing with injuries so it could be a little bit of worries from Jimmy G facing some pressure here which things could get wonky they do have a 26 implied team total six and a half point home favorites again in this nice fast-paced environment Um, I think I do like taking stabs on Jimmy G if you're going to give me this price point of 5,500 but I also think he probably throws the ball 28 to 30 times here, whereas I'm pretty sure, and he doesn't run all that much, I'm pretty sure Winston's going to throw 40 times. I'm pretty sure Deshaun Watson's going to throw, if he only throws 30 to 32 to 35 times, he's going to run the ball like six or eight times. So I'll just take those guys even for the price. It's not like you're, even for the price increase, it's not like you're missing out all that much on this slate. in salary, the $1,500 difference between Jimmy G and Watson isn't that much when you see the running back options you have this week and wide receiver options. There's just a ton of cheap guys that you're naturally going to be paying in the four and five K range for Josh Allen and Tom Brady. I don't want anything in this game. Tom Brady does not look good. These are two of the best five defenses in the league. You can arguably say these are two of the three best defenses in the league right there with San Fran. Just really good talents, both in the same division. Two best in that division as well. I do like this. Interesting spot in New England this weekend. Six-point favorites for New England. 22.25 team implied total. The Buffalo Bills have a 16.25 team implied total. It's not a great spot. New England only giving up 10 fantasy points per game to the quarterback position. Josh Allen, I do not expect him to throw the ball much here. Probably try and control the game on the ground. Use his arm just sparingly where they have to, like you saw last week against another good defense in Pittsburgh, uh, where the Bills actually squeaked out a win there. Tom Brady, uh, Buffalo only giving up 13.3 fantasy points per game. Not a lot at all. And he comes in with a really bad team implied total. He has not been looking good. His best weapon in Julian Edelman, the quote was, his body is falling apart. That's not a great quote. Uh, So I don't want either of these guys, even at the reduced price points. It's just not a good game environment. Slowest-paced game on the slate, as it probably should be. Buffalo loves, loves, loves to slow the game down. And these two defenses should muck it up quite a bit. Give me Watson, give me Winston, maybe a little Jimmy G. That's it running back position. Now hit that subscribe button before we keep going. Appreciate you on the audio version. Hit that five star rating review, hit the subscribe button to the audio version. I know you're probably like, I'm not doing that right now. Screw this guy. But please, it does help me out. If you're listening to this and you get any satisfaction from my videos, I do appreciate you doing that. Running back to shit show. I know what I want to do at quarterback that one game. Running back's a shit show. Devin Singletary is my only yes, and I don't even feel confident about this. He's 5,500, so he's a cheap price point. He's been playing 75-plus percent of the snaps, single-handedly controlling this backfield now with Frank Gore over the past month of the season. New England's only 18th first round. They're not that great. You saw what Joe Mixon did to them last week. They just control these games on the ground because they get up ahead, their defense scores, and teams can't run on them. Singletary's shown an ability to... Catch the ball in the passing game as well. It's a close enough spread, six on the road. It's not great for Singletary, but 5,500, I think he touches the ball one way or another 16 times or so in this game. Negative 12% run blocking advantage. I'm saying all these things and I don't love it, but if I had to put somebody as a yes, it would be him on this slate. Todd Gurley, 6,300, negative 23% run blocking advantage. Not a good spot against San Fran on the road to six and a half point underdogs. San Fran is 15th first to run. They won't have D Ford, so once again, a little bit easier of a matchup. They put somebody else on IR on their defensive line as well this past week. Jones, I can't remember who. But Todd Gurley, he's been used great. He's getting a ton of usage. If you give me 20 carries out of t- or twenty touches total out of Todd Gurley, hard to full fade that. He's the highest price running back, though. Raheem Mostar, I get it. People are going to say, oh, Sal, you should make him a yes. He's a six-and-a-half-point favorite. This guy's going to play 50% of the snaps. I said it last week. He could have a good game. He can have 40 yards on a touchdown, catch a ball or two. He's going to have 50% of the snaps, which more times than not leads to 14 or 15 touches. The Rams right now rank top five against the run um, top five against the run in DVOA. They're 12th against the run according to Pro Football Focus. It's a negative 1% run blocking advantage, so pretty much neutral for most start. But you're still having around, I don't know, six, seven touches a game for Matt Breida. Six or so touches a game for Coleman. So then what is that leaving you on the table with? 15 or so for most start on a good day if he keeps this workload of 50% snaps. I think he's fine at 6,100 on this slate. I don't think he's terrible. I have him as a maybe. I just think that if he picks up ownership this week, i likely get away from it because there's a real chance he sees 14 carries. If he doesn't get in the end zone, he has a total of 60 yards and he's not doing much for you as the second most expensive running back on this slate. James White is fine. Uh, He comes in as a six-point favorite. It's just not a spot where you actually expect him to... um, be controlling definitely not on the ground with sony michelle back there and also rex burkhead kind of ahead of him in the carries department but if they're going to be leading in the game not a real priority to get him involved in the passing game i think you get your normal six to eight targets out of him buffalo is really good against running backs on the ground really good against pass catching running backs it's not really a spot that i feel all that confident targeting sony michelle or, or sony sony michelle or james white um it's a good spot overall In between the tackles, usually against Buffalo, they've been much better there over the past month, but James White's not going to be running in between the tackles enough. Again, this slate is pretty gross for running backs. If you were to get six receptions for 40 or 50 yards out of James White at 5,800, those 11 points might be enough for you. So he is going to be in play. Carlos Hyde in a brutal matchup, Tampa Bay, still one of the better running back or defenses in the league. Top eight, according to PFF, top five, according to DVOA, um, football outsiders metric against the run is this Tampa Bay team. It's a spot where Houston's going to be a good size favorite here. He's only $5,000. I think you get at minimum the average on the season of 15 carries per game you've been getting out of Carlos Hyde. He's been getting close to 17 opportunities per game when you factor in his targets. I think that number bumps up a little bit to around the 16 to 18 carry per game mark and he's been beating good matchups every single week Carlos Hyde has been very sneakily good this year 10.9 fantasy points per game that is top four on this slate for running backs nothing really there that points out just shows a little bit consistency at five thousand dollars at this price point I'm honestly fine getting closer to Carlos Hyde than I would be wanting to get to most or James White especially when I try and factor in the ownership here Again, he's just a nice size three-point favorite. It is a difficult matchup, but he's going to get the rock, especially around the red zone. And I expect this Tampa Bay offense or this Houston offense to be in the red zone often. Duke Johnson, his running mate at 4,100. It's a nice price point. You probably end up with Duke Johnson seeing somewhere around seven or eight total touches in this game, three or four in maybe the passing game department. It's not great, but on those seven or eight touches, can Duke Johnson end up with 50 yards, two receptions or so? Yes, it's all pretty much dependent on his receiving game role. And if he finds the end zone, he's towards the bottom of the list of my interests at 4,100, but I do think he's in play. Matt Breida, 3,800, just 24 total snaps over the last two weeks, 13 total touches though. So when he's on the field, 24 snaps with 13 touches, they're pretty much giving him the ball. So the snaps have been decreasing a ton. I don't love that. Less than 20% over the last two weeks combined. Again, 12 per week, exactly 24 total. I don't like it at all, but if you're telling me that when he's on the field, he's getting the ball, and I can rely on Matt Breida to get a minimum of maybe six, seven touches in this game, upside of around 10 at 3,800, yeah, of course I don't like this, but he's a decent size favorite. He is involved in the passing game, and again, we're dealing with spots where I think the high-scoring running back this week might score 16 fantasy points, so if a guy like Matt Breida at 3,800 can end up scoring eight for you, right, catches a couple of balls, it's not the end of the world. Dorey Ogumboale at 3,300. Definitely a GPP, sneakier type of play. You're just, I'm relying here on the fact that they have no more pass catchers. They're running out Justin Watson and Cameron Braid as primary pass catchers this upcoming week. So maybe they get the running backs more involved. Ogumboale would be the main benefactory there. 3,300 leads the backfield by a wide margin in receptions and receiving yards. They're down three wide receivers. I think they have to get creative somewhere. He's 3,300. Again, if you think that the highest scoring running backs are scoring 15 or 16 points and he has the upside of catching five balls for 40 yards this week, you can do a lot worse. I think I would prioritize on this slate just based on workload and the matchups. Devin Singletary, Todd Gurley, and probably Carlos Hyde amongst all the rest. That does not mean go put all three of those into your lineup. This is a week where I like getting three wide receivers or a slate. This three-game slate, I like getting three wide receivers over getting to three running backs just based on the volume or really the options that we have here. Wide receiver position. There's a lot of guys, and this is where I want to kind of live this week. There's a lot of guys that I think are at least in play. I have on this list 23 total guys, but um, not in play. Well, 23 total guys so at least keep on here and not just delete off. But we have to see. Right now I have Chris Galvin, the only guy with a yellow by his name. That just means that He's questionable track his injury status. He's likely to miss this one though. They said he's likely not to play the rest of the season. DeAndre Hopkins. If I'm playing Deshaun Watson, I don't care. I'm paying up for DeAndre Hopkins. I don't care that he's 8,500. It's a three game slate. It's not the same situation where guys are expensive and there's opportunity costs. No, if DeAndre Hopkins at 8,500 scores 24 fantasy points, he's needed. It's not Michael Thomas at 9,300 on an 11 game slate because there's just not as many other guys who can outscore him. On this slate, there might be one other guy who can outscore DeAndre Hopkins. And it might be his own teammate, Will Fuller. I don't know. Maybe Julian Edelman, if you want to argue with me. Robert Woods, right? Maybe two other guys. But either way, at 8,500, if Hopkins is putting up 24 or 20-plus 20 fantasy points, I guarantee he's going to be needed. You can find ways to easily afford him. He might be hundred in 100% of my lineups this weekend. Julian Edelman is playing banged up, but he's priced down. He won't see Tredavious White. He'll be in the slot. The quote was, my body is falling apart. That's not great, but this guy has seen 10-plus targets Um Last week was the only week he did not see that. Ten-plus targets, though, in eight out of nine weeks if you don't catch the count last week. And excluding last week's game, we'll see if the injury status is a big issue. Seven receptions per game in the previous eight. So Edelman at 6,400, won't see white. It's a brutal spot overall in this game, this environment. I think he's in play. Will Fuller, I love Will Fuller. I love this stack. I'm fine stacking on a three-game slate. Give me the stack of um watson hopkins fuller run it back with oj howard whoever you want watson on the other side perriman i don't care i'd I'd probably get the cheaper guys not perriman but $5,900 fuller he played 95 plus percent of the snaps the last game he'll face bunning in this one it's a good matchup watson at 4,600 is the tampa bay receiver i do prefer no evans no miller likely no goblin watson ran 26 routes last week and that was while uh, miller ran seven before he got hurt and goblin ran 32 i would expect justin watson in this one since winston drops back 40 plus times a game on average i would expect watson to run 35 plus routes in this one hard to ignore at 4600 against the houston defense that right now is ranking bottom third of the league kenny stills 4400 is a maybe he's not a primary option for me so my four yeses were hopkins edelman fuller and watson kenny stills is a guy that you can put in your groups if you're making stacks i think he's okay he's not a priority two touchdowns last week might actually spike his ownership but he's still cheap enough carlton davis has moved into the slot uh, for tampa bay so it's still a fine matchup for him nothing crazy to me though Next up is going to be Cooper Cup, 6,600. He'll be in the slot. Look, I'll get to Cooper Cup if there's no Kwon Williams. If Kwon Williams is playing, though, he missed last week's slot cornerback, one of the best, if not the best in the league for the 49ers. I will not get there. Cooper Cup got absolutely shut down and murdered a couple weeks back. Well, that's a harsh word, but week six when the Rams just were getting or were allowing so much pressure from Sam Fran. Jared Goff was a donkey. Now they're on the road. It's not a good spot, not only for the individual matchup for Cup, but just for his quarterback in this one. Same can be said for Robert Woods. He'll get to avoid Richard Sherman. He'll play in the right side of the field, where Sherman will be on the left. But he still has to face a top-10 pass rating against cornerback in Witherspoon, um, Antoine Witherspoon, so not a good spot got on the road against his pass rush is scary i would prefer robert woods over anybody from the rams wide receiving core but i really don't want any of them paramount at six thousand dollars is surely in play because now he's a de facto number one but i think his price point came up a lot and surely he's going to just have to see six to eight to more targets and based on how much winston throws it's a good spot for him against houston secondary so he's in play but if he ends up being just overowned, or one of the highest owned wide receivers because of his three touchdown performance last week i'll go away from it he didn't see a ton of volume last week even with godwin missing half of that game or so so six thousand dollars he's surely a good play but i think people over own him because of his performance last week and that's just a spot to get away from because he's much more expensive now and i get it godwin's out miller's out but um and there's going to be a need to kind of force him the ball but i also think there'll be a need to force the running backs the ball a little bit more the tight ends both of them now uh watson as well so pairman I would expect a nice game out of him, but at $6,000, if he has 50 yards and a touchdown, uh, you don't need that in your lineups at high ownership. Debo Samuel, 5,100 versus the Rams. He'll likely avoid Richard Sherman. I think Emmanuel Sanders saw him, or he'll likely avoid uh, Jalen Ramsey. Emmanuel Sanders will probably see him in this one. Samuel will end up getting Troy Hill, who's been... or. Yeah, Samuel will end up getting Troy Hill, who's been just so good as of late. But you get a really cheap price point in Debo at 5100 If you can see Jimmy G throwing 28 to 32 times around his average in this one, I think Samuel ends up seeing eight targets or so, and that's pretty good. Mohamed Sanu is one of the guys that I really don't want to get to, but he's a nice price point if you need the cheap salary relief. He probably won't see Tredavious White the whole game. That'll be on the left side of the field, more so where Nikhil Harry will line up. But Mohamed Sanu has been terrible. He will see Tredavious White for part of this game, and this Buffalo Bills zone defense has been so good. So what you're hoping for here is just a, a very sporadic 6-7 catch game, even if he only has 40-50 yards. 3,800 is one of the, the worst options on the slate, but he's priced like it. Ishmal, I hope I'm pronouncing, hoping I'm pronouncing this right, Ishmal, Ishmale, A. Uh, Hyman. He is the Tampa Bay number three receiver That I couldn't remember earlier He ran six routes last week But that was that was while Goblin ran 32 And Miller ran seven Look, I don't know if they're going to sign somebody else I don't know if this is going to be the number three wide receiver Now that they've had two more injuries to their wide receiving core Maybe they'll sign somebody else But as of right now Hyman is the guy who is going to step in and be the wide receiver three. Again, ran the only other, running back, only other wide receiver to run routes last week. He ran six of them. Miller got hurt and ran seven. Goblin ran 32. He'll likely run 25 to 30-plus routes as the wide receiver three on this team that runs a ton of three wide receiver sets, drops back a ton of times. The issue is, do they sign somebody else? Do they just put running backs into the slot, O.J. Howard into the slot more? I don't know. But at $3,000, if you tell me that this guy's actually going to be the wide receiver three and run 25 to 30 routes, it's really hard to ignore that in a very positive matchup. Philip Dorsett got passed up by Nikhil Harry, so I don't want Dorsett. I really don't want Harry. He'll see a lot of Tredavious White. Brandon Cooks will see a lot of Sherman. I think Cole Beasley, you can argue with me, at 4800 is worth a play against New England. If anything, Jonathan Jones in the slot is a spot that you do target against New England. Uh, He's only 4800 Cole Beasley will probably just be force-fed six to eight targets. So I do think that he's at least in play. I'll make him a maybe right now. He's just not a priority at that price tag. John Brown's just going to see Stephon Gilmore and I write here, good luck versus Stephon Gilmore, man. That's literally what I wrote. So there you go. That's wide receiver Tight end. You can go a lot of different ways. Kittle's on the slate at 6,500, probably a shoe in for seven to eight to nine to 10 targets, depending on the actual volume needed as a six and a half point home favorite from Jimmy G. I do think Kittle's fine to get to. Really hard not to like OJ Howard at $4,000 with two more wide receivers down, three of their top four wide receivers down in the past... I don't know, two weeks, right? Um, I think that O.J. Howard's volume has been coming up. I think it comes up even more. Encouraging to see that Winston already pulled him and Brady aside and said, your volume is going to come up. So I do like O.J. Howard. Tyler Higby will be a yes for me if Everett is out. He'll be a strong yes for me. He might be the best tight end play on the slate of $5,000. Difficult matchup. but might be the only guy that Jared Goff can get the ball to in the short to intermediate range. The concern there, as always, is can Jared Goff actually stay upright? So I do like... OJ Howard Kittle and Tyler Higby if Gerald Everett is out right now I have Gerald Everett as a maybe if Gerald Everett is in I probably don't get there at 4,000 and then I definitely don't get the Higby at 5,000 I think he'll still play more snaps than Everett but it'll be some sort of a timeshare with Everett back and then lastly or a couple guys Jordan Atkins at 2,900 look he gets the exact same usage as Fells, both in the red zone both in routes run both in snaps but for some reason Uh, Darren Fells is over $1,000 more expensive. I'll just go to the cheaper guy who's getting the exact same amount of targets and usage in all parts of the field as him for $2,900. I think he's in play for sure. Cam Brate at $3,500. Same reasoning for OJ Howard uh, due to these injuries. Howard will be the guy who stays on the field more. Cam Brate will see a bump in his snaps, especially around the red zone. The rest of the guys I don't have as much interest in, um, but that's where I'm at right now. So the only other things that can change for me are if you get Gerald Everett out, Tyler Higbee's a yes. If you get Gerald Everett in, I probably don't want any of those Rams tight ends, and I'll just get a ton of the Tampa Bay tight ends along with Kittle. I'll go back to wide receivers here. So thank you. That's Thanks for tuning into the three-game slate. Let me mention again, down below is the in the podcast and the YouTube video description, everything that you can find this on, the link to the Twitter uh, post that I will post for this fantasy draft contest. Be sure to get in there. It's free. It's a free roll. It literally is free. You enter a lineup for free, and you can potentially win a ticket into the NBA contest, multiple tickets to win thousands of dollars. So be sure to check that out. It's totally free to enter. I'll be in there. I appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you so much. My name is Sal Vetri. You all rock. Check out my Patreon exclusive content linked up down below. I will have some content out um, for this weekend, the NFL games, this slate, as well as the NBA every single day. PGA stuff coming soon. Follow me on Twitter at DFS. I'll be posting content updates and just some helpful information as well as some of these free, free roll links. And follow me on Instagram as well. My name's Sal. You already know that. Check out Fantasy Draft linked up down below. You all rock. Get your rake free DFS in. Peace out, gang.